Okay, so I also had another vision as I slept. I had a vision about a baby. I seen this vision, I mean this video of this little boy. He was a newborn and he just his face his facial expressions were just so aware. And I was just like, wow, that is like amazing, really, how his face is just like it looks like he's making facial expressions as if he's aware of what he's saying and what he's trying to say. And and I saw this baby, I fell in love. And it, you know, I've seen so many different babies, but this baby just seems so beautiful. So, so beautiful. And I don't think that I've ever been aware of my whole life when I've had baby fever. If I've ever truly had it, because I think that if I'm not aware of it, then I probably don't. It might be FOMO, fear of missing out. Everybody talks about baby fever, so you just want to have baby fever. Or when you think a baby is cute, you wonder if it's, that's baby fever. It's probably not. So one day when I do have baby fever, maybe I'll know the difference. But it seems that I have visions about babies, children, a lot. More often than I feel like I have more significant visions and I wonder if this is an attack from Satan because not that I am dwelling on bitterness or misery pertaining to children or having them because I'm I'm just not convinced that I won't or am not capable of having children in my lifetime and I feel that I'm I'm patient, like, I'm not in a rush to have babies. I'm not in a rush to have babies. I don't think that I'm even in a place to have a child right now. And I trust God on that. If I'm destined to have them, I'll have them. If I'm not, then I'm not. Although, it would be sad if I never had a child and I had to stay here until I, until I was old and gray. And the story of Abraham and Sarah always saddened me because she didn't get to have a child until she was like 100 years old. And I just want to be young and vibrant and able to go to basketball games, soccer games, baseball games, football games, whatever my child is into. I want to be able to be very agile in order to participate in whatever activities that they are into. I want to be an agile parent, a very involved parent. It's also been one of my dreams. But I don't agree with a rushing it or an urge to have them right now. It's so amazing because I feel like God is speaking to me on such a level where he's confirming that I am not eager to have children, nor am I ready. And I'll know when I am. And everything is working out how it should. And I feel so blessed. So, 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 so blessed about that part. So the visions about children always catch me off guard. Like, what is this about, you know? Is this a warning? Is it a distraction? Is it a ploy to depress me more? But in reality... I don't feel that it can be because when I'm operating on a level of truly fighting these demons, 
they are so far beneath the surface that I'm aware that they are aware of the things that trigger me and the things that don't. And so children don't trigger me. But maybe they are aware on another level of triggers that I have or will have will have or have had. And it's a warning or a hint towards something I'm not dealing with or something I will be dealing with. So I've been wondering about that. And I think the closest thing that I have to that is the conversation recently or just always about being a baby mother and the the tactic sort of like the provocation of trying to get me there before I'm ready and I'll never be ready for that because I never plan to be a baby mother I plan to be a wife but it's part of my fight you know and so oftentimes when children or babies are brought up I believe that it is Satan taunting me he's saying oh where you're headed you won't be getting your heart's desires you won't be getting all that God has for you you'll be a baby mother you'll be another statistic You'll be what you never wanted to be because that is my plan for you and I'm ruining your destiny. And so oftentimes when I have these visions about children, I'm usually aware that it goes as deep as Satan is, you know, kind of bragging about winning right now. He's saying in a way, you're so far away from your goal or you're you're being pulled back and being distracted and drugged down and this is how far away you are from you know your accomplish your accomplishment like your achievement and so it does trigger me in that way it it keeps me fighting. It keeps me going. Every time I hear you're going to be a baby mother, I fight harder. Every time I hear you're going to marry the wrong person, I fight harder. Every time I hear you're going to have to give up on your family, I fight harder. Every time I hear you're not going to be the woman of God that God has planned for you to be, you're not going to be able to accomplish that, I fight harder. But they usually don't say that, though, mainly because I won't believe it. I just don't believe that. I am so confident in this future and this destination that God has given me. I know I'm going to have that. I know I'll be there. So what is the issue right now in this season? Me understanding what it takes to get there and maybe me not feeling as if I'm doing all that it takes to get there. I feel as if I am slacking off and sort of a lot of times leaning towards giving up. And so it is a taunt. It is a trigger. So this vision of this child, I was taking care of a newborn baby. His legs were so skinny, but the rest of his body was like average size. And his head was so perfectly sized and shaped. And it was he was so pretty. He was so gorgeous. And I just loved him so much. In the beginning, it felt as if God had anointed, you know, him in my hands. Then I saw dollhouses. Like when I used to, when I when I grew up, I always wished for a dollhouse. 
I never really got the perfect dream dollhouse. And so it's another taunt. And then as I'm taking care of this child, I don't feel equipped to. I don't feel that I am, you know, prepared or even mother material. Like I feel that I, I, I feel the that when I'm holding a baby, I feel so nervous as if I'll hurt him. Like, am I holding him too tight? Am I squeezing his legs too tight? Is he in danger with me? Because babies are so fragile. Am I too heavy handed, you know, with children? And this is also another taunt, I believe, of Satan because growing up, I've always been. I never truly believed it, believed it, but it felt as if I was more of a motherly type. I, you know, oftentimes wanted to be the mother I never had. And I feel that it's a taunt of Satan, almost saying, you know, all those years that you felt as if you could do a better job than your mom, you won't be able to. And that's one of my fears or has been one of my fears So I know that it's a taunt. Also, God always told me, and this is also a taunt of Satan, because God always told me every single time someone would insinuate I was a motherly type, or I was like motherly, I would be like, no, I'm not. I'm really not motherly. Like, I'm just like a kid, too. I'm a kid always. And, you know, in my heart, you know, childlike faith. But... God would always say, you're not a motherly type. You are not the motherly type. And you won't be ready for children, but you'll know when you are. You'll know when you are ready for children, but you are not ready for children. And I don't want you getting that in your mind or in your heart or in your head that you're you're the motherly type and taking on that, you know, role for others. So God was always worrying me about that. And so it's another taunt of Satan because I always knew it was true, but I would somehow, sometimes, even though I knew it was true and I accepted that and I was so grateful that God saw my heart, like, God, that's what I'm saying. I'm not the motherly type. What do they see? Like, what is that? You know, but Satan will try and use people around you. Like he tried, you know, get people around me to believe I was scary. He tried and get people around me to believe that I was lazy. He tried and get people around me to believe that I was like bubble-headed, like I was an airhead or something. He also tried to get people around me to believe that I was a motherly type. And it's a taunt. It's always been a torture from Satan because then they drop babies on me. And I'm so nervous around children because I'm just like, I don't want to hurt you and... I just feel so nervous about children who can't talk or who can't necessarily decide or choose for themselves because I feel like I don't know what you need. I don't know what you're saying when you're not saying it. And I don't think that I'm putting enough work in to understand you correctly. I'm not the motherly type. And everyone else would say, yes, you are. It just comes naturally for you. And I just think that I knew how to be a kid. I just didn't necessarily, I wasn't really good at taking care of kids. I just knew how to be a kid. My mom would say, you're not patient. You're not patient enough for children. 
And I think that she was more on the nail, more on, you know, hitting the nail on the head more than anyone else. But God also said that that was not true either. God said, yes, you are. You're very patient for children. You're patient. That's a lie. That's Satan. Satan is lying to you. And I knew that was a lie when she said it. I'm like, I'm not patient. I'm like, what are you seeing? I'm so patient with these kids. I have to be. And it just comes natural, you know. But kids always naturally gravitated towards me. They always did. It just happened. I used to not say a word. I used to not even say anything to the child or be around the child or even spend a lot of time around the child. But the child would just always love me. Every time I come around, they'd be like, oh, it's you, you know, and they'd run up to me and they just love me. And I'd be like, children have a sixth sense. They have a sixth sense about these things because I, I'm just not the motherly type. I'm not taking... I don't think that I'm paying enough attention, even though I'm very observant. I don't think that I'm putting enough time or effort even into this child. But this child just gravitates towards me naturally, kind of like dogs. But dogs don't. (laughs) You know, they do. Half the time, dogs gravitate naturally towards me too. But I think that it's more of a spirit thing. Your spirit is pure, your spirit is innocent, your spirit is loving, caring, attentive, and naturally protective. And so these things are true about me. It's like oftentimes in my heart and my head, I'm just so concerned for other kids, though. I'm so concerned for the children. And I'm just like, you know, a lot of times feeling like, are you being taken care of properly? Like, do you are you happy? All kids seem happy, but like are you like what are you lacking even though you're happy anyways all the time? You know, are you being heard and seen? And I never want to doubt anyone's motherhood or fatherhood because there's no perfect parents, but they're all good parents. And that's like saying a lot. Like are they really all good parents? There's that's not even true, but it's like Yes, they are, because out of all that I've gone through, demon hunting, fighting the devil, all these different things, God told me the toughest battle of my entire life would not be anything I've dealt with or otherwise will deal with besides motherhood. So that is insinuating I will be a mother, but that's not clear because I feel like a mother already. I talked to Jesus, and Jesus said, I said, Jesus, you never had children. How do you feel about that? Because you say that I'm so much like you. But am I like you in that way? Because I have anxiety about never having children, and I just want to know how you deal with that. And Jesus said to me, I have kids. What are you talking about? All of you guys are my kids. I have so many kids. I love all my kids. I have kids. What are you saying? And I was like, yes, Jesus, but did you want to have like kids, like your own kids? These, you guys are my own kids. You guys are my own kids. I have my own kids. You all are my kids. And I was just like, Jesus, I don't think you understand what I'm asking you. 
And I don't think you understand how I feel. Well, I didn't say that, but I just felt like my question was answered. I can never say I don't think Jesus understands. Of course, Jesus understands everything. But what I was saying was like, I don't feel like my question was answered. I don't understand. So never, I don't think Jesus understands. I don't understand. Let me fix that first. So I'm just like, I don't understand. And Jesus is not answering that for a reason because he's so intentional. And it just scares me more. And it, it kind of creates more of an anxiety and it hurts so deep. It's an area that I'm working on constantly. It needs to be healed. And me and Jesus are oftentimes working in this area to heal this part of me and my heart about kids because I'm scared. But I'm also not scared like I'm confident in God. I only fear him. I'm confident in how he will make all these things work and come to pass. But I fear a lot of the surrounding things like the sin in this world and the struggles of it. So I have been thinking about this lately. I think about it every day, all the time, ever since Jesus said it to me. He said, these these are all my kids. You guys are all my kids. I have children. And I know what it's like, yes, to raise children because I raised you. I raised everybody. And I'm just like, you know, I know you know everything, Jesus, you know. And you understand me. I know that. But, like, I'm hurting so bad and I need, like, the perfect answer from you right now about this. And then, like, it's just not, I'm just not giving it. So I've been made aware lately in this process of everything that when Jesus is not giving an answer, it's not because he doesn't have it. It's because it's not time yet. And everything is all in God's perfect timing. So he's like, you know, I'm not giving you that answer for a reason. And you're still, you know, like pressing it. I feel that you already have the answer. And so I've, I feel that I've gotten that reaction from Jesus a lot. It's not that he doesn't hear you. It's not that he doesn't love you. It's not that whatever is hurting you isn't hurting him 10 times more. It's not that he's not trying to heal you. It's not that he doesn't know what you need. It's not that he's not already, he doesn't already have a plan in providing everything that you need in that area. If you just trust him, it's that you already know that if you aren't given the answer, and you'll have it when it's time. You'll have it when you need it. And you need to have faith and trust in that area. So I'm like a bugaboo about things when God is already kind of making it clear with his actions to trust and have faith. Because I think really the context of that is I am so afraid of so many things surrounding me having my own children so concerned about everyone else's and me asking him that question directly was avoiding what I wanted to say but also kind of maybe annoying him in a way not that you can annoy God but he has told me before that it it gets frustrating when we lack faith in him when we lack trust in him and his and his perfect way so it was more of a 
in your heart, I know what your heart is saying. I know what you're saying in your heart. What you're saying is you don't trust me. What you're saying is, you know, give me a direct answer right now because I don't trust you. You know, not like I should. And I want you to say something or do something so that I will. And so he doesn't answer to that because, well, he will. It depends on, he knows what he's doing. But pertaining to that, I just realized, like, I'm so vulnerable in that area. He knows it. He knows it's sensitive for me. So, and he also knows it isn't. It isn't as sensitive as, you know, I may want to believe, but it is, though. So, maybe Jesus is aware that Satan is kind of, like, torturing me about it. And he's not going to allow him to do it, you know? So, I have nothing. I have almost nothing no evidence, not a lot of words, not a lot of, you know, not even a prophecy really about my kids, about having kids. I have almost nothing, no answers for that. And I'm just like, it's killing me because I I guess it's an area where I won't release control. And Jesus may be guiding me to release control in that area. And I'm not really ready to do that. So maybe that's what probably frustrates Jesus. Like you are saying that you submit to my will, but you won't release control in this area. You think I don't know what's in your heart and I do. You can't hide anything from me. So as far as the kid thing, I think that it's, man, it's something on me. It's something, it's a demon attached to that. Or maybe not a demon, but there's definitely lies of Satan attached to that in my life. A stronghold that needs to come down. And I know that Jesus is working on that in this time, but he won't let me touch it. He won't let me put my hands on it because I'll just sabotage it. And he knows in my heart that's what I'm trying to do. So I think maturity is understanding that. Like when you're urging Jesus about something... You just want to put your hands on it to sabotage it because you're self-sabotaging in so many different ways. And he's not going to allow you to do that because it's, you know, I hate to call it self-sabotaging when it's really Satan. But, yeah, you're self-sabotaging and I self-sabotage and I don't want to admit it a lot of times. But really, I know that Jesus is fully in control and I need to trust it. I need to have faith in it. But I think it's just become way more irritating lately, especially in consideration of who I will have children with. I've my whole life maybe not have worried about that or marriage as much as I feel like others have, but maybe that's an indication that you worry about it more. I think that that's something that's being exposed because Earlier today, someone said to me, you know, it's, it's just a lot of talk lately about scared and when you're scared and somebody wanting you to be scared of them or show fear or, you know, be intimidated by them. And it was like a joke or something like, 
oh no, I know you're not scared of me. This is what you're scared of. And then they introduce like, you know, the idea or the conversation about marriage to a certain individual or if this individual is really somebody I'll be in love with at one point in my life or some point in my life. And they're saying, that's what you're scared of. That's that's fear. That's your real fear. And so we know when you're not scared of us because we know you're scared of that. And I'm like, I'm not scared of that. <laughs> I'm not scared of nothing but God. That's a fact. But, man, that's kind of funny, though. That's real funny because I run from that with my life. I do. I fight it so hard. And I think that it's just exposing a lot of behavior inside of myself that I've picked up defense mechanisms that have to come down and go. And it may be hindering me moving forward and my progress being made because I knew this about myself, but I thought I knew in every area that I actually do that in or would be aware. What I do is sometimes when it's something that's difficult for me to accept or address. I avoid confrontation and I may go all around the world like a roller coaster. I'll just jump all everywhere, wherever, you know, in order to avoid it. This is also a lie of Satan. Satan wants me to believe that this is what I do. But God told me and showed me actually, no, I don't. When you have a problem, excuse me, or an issue, you address it directly. You show up and you don't stop until the job is done. This feeds into the narrative of what Satan wants to do in order to prevent you from your destiny. He wants you to believe that you're scary. He wants you to believe that you are a liar. He wants you to believe that you are non-confrontational. Anyone should believe that you're lazy. You're not any of these things. You fight hard for what you believe in and what you love. You're not afraid of anything but me. You are completely 100% confident and obedient and trusting in me spiritually. Spirit is willing when the flesh is weak. And Satan wants you to believe that you're not because all of that plays into distracting you and preventing you from being your best self and becoming everything that you will one day be. So I know that this is a taunt from Satan because he's like children, children, you know, love, marriage, all these things you are so afraid of. You are so scared. You're running. When in reality, if you ask me deep inside my heart, I will never run from anything that God has for me. So if I am not addressing something, if I will not deal with something, if I will not have something around me or allow something to have or place, have a place in my heart or in my future or something that I'm taking to God and I truly want, it's because I don't believe it's for me. I don't trust it. I don't want it. I don't agree with it. And I don't think that God sent it. So oftentimes, a lot of people want me to want to convince me I'm in denial about things when I just don't 
believe in it. So this marriage thing, this individual, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in it. I don't know if I agree with it. I don't even know if it'll even play a part in my future or my destiny. But it is playing a part right now. So that's maybe what they're saying. Like, you're scared because, like, you're saying this is not what it is. This is not for you. This is not your future. This is not playing a part. And this is not who you want or what you want or it's not meant for you. It's not destiny, but you're living in it right now. So must be destiny, you know, but I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I don't believe in it. You know, if God has taught me anything lately, it's that I'm right. And trusting him and believing him about things. He's confirmed in my childhood that a lot of the different things that I did, that a lot of the people around me in the world and their logic or their perspective about it, I was right to trust God despite how unaccepted I was, how invalidated I was, and how how alone I was in that thinking and that mindset and in growing up in that way. So if he's confirming that for all those different years that I was doing that, then he's also, I mean, that's all, that should be all I need. That's like a big trophy on my shelf right now. Like he's validated me. He's come down personally to validate me and a lot of the different things that I've done right by trusting him that he's done right through me. And now we're here at this place, and I feel like Satan's taunting me because what he's really trying to do is tear down all that God's built because it's too late. Satan is so conniving. He's so mad right now. See, when Jesus was crucified on the cross and he died sinless for the forgiveness of our sins, Satan was wroth he was livid because he said he thought that he was winning and his head wound up being crushed and a prophecy wound up being fulfilled and the truth wound up being the truth so he's so mad he can't go back and take back what he did he's so mad that he couldn't instead have you know not walk jesus right up to that cross why did i walk jesus right up to my defeat. Why didn't I do everything in my power to make him feel accepted and validated in this world instead? Why didn't I have everybody accept Jesus as the Messiah? Because only by then will I have won. He can't take back what he's done wrong. It's too late. God is in control. I see how Satan feels it over my destiny. He's like, you're already who God needs for you to be in order to accomplish and to complete everything he set out for you to do. And why wouldn't I instead have made you feel like accepted and validated in so many different areas so you would have been a different person? I didn't even realize that all the taunting, all the torturing, all the, you know, unacceptance and all of the 
isolation, the aloneness I made you feel over the years when I felt that I was winning. I was walking you right up to your destiny. Satan is so mad. He's like two decades of trying to ruin you. And everything that I did led you to exactly where you need to be. He can't take any of it back. So instead, he tries to taunt me. He's still trying to take it back. He's still trying to undo all God's hard work in myself. He's like. Personally, for me, he's like. So you mean to tell me every single time I had your sisters and your cousins and all the different people around you bullying you and calling you scary, I was actually, you know, walking you right into your destiny of being confident in your heart and loving them regardless of who they were and who they were to you and waiting for the right opportunity to fight for the right thing. When I was trying to make you feel as if you were so scary, when I was trying to make you, you know, feel like you were backing down from fights, all that time, you know, none of it worked. None of it worked. Everything was working according to God's plan. But also I want to add, because I don't want to omit this fact. He knew exactly what he was doing. It just didn't work. Every single time he taunted me, every single time he had my family members try and make me look scary or make me look like I would run from a fight or make me look like I wasn't a fighter or make me look like or make me feel like any of those things matter. He was trying to provoke me to be someone that I wasn't. I stayed true to who I was and who I am. And he never wins. He just never wins. So it sucks for him. It really does. So I realize a lot of these different things that I'm going through is taunting to him. I always say, why does Satan taunt me and torture me? Because your very existence and the power that God has placed in you, allowing you to be a chosen vessel, is a taunt to him 24-7. Your destiny, where you're headed, what God is using you for. You are taunting Satan. You are torturing him. You are crushing his head all over again. Every single time. So, or God is crushing his head all over again through you every single time. So, it's very important, I realize, to stay true to that. What are the key factors? The key factor is a lot of times it was the peer pressure. It's like, man, everybody's laughing at me. Everybody is calling me lame. No one wants to be associated with me. No one wants to accept me into the conversation. Everybody wants to fight me. Or everyone feels like I'm just not popular. I'm just not wanted. You know... These are years that God spent specifically reminding me how very wanted, accepted, popular, validated I really was to him. And he was counting on me to trust him when he said it instead of seeking it in other areas in this world. 
So I could have went out to this world. I could have went out and I could have been like, you know what? I know God said I'm loved. I know God said I'm beautiful. I know God said I'm a good person. I know God said that someone would be lucky to have me, but I need other people to feel that way. So I'm going to go and be whoever it is that I have to be in order for them to feel that way instead of staying true to myself. And I didn't. Not necessarily. Because I did participate in that at some point. And I'm paying for the consequences of that too. We all have to answer to the consequences of our sin when you disobey God. But for the most part, I stay true to who I am and it's paying off. And Satan is very angry about it. It's manifesting in so many different ways. I feel hated by everyone in the world. The jealousy is like almost unbearable. But it's working out though. Because, you know, they've always been this way. And I've always been this way. And if that is the case and things are working out and God is showing up in a way he's never shown up before. My destiny is being placed before me in such a magnificent way, then that must mean that I'm still right on the right track. Now, if it starts going the other way, maybe I should start paying more attention to the details, but I'm just so confident in God. It almost doesn't matter what Satan does or how he portrays things to be. I'm sure that it's everything that God intends to happen. So, you know, there's still so many people around me who are like, you are so lame. You are so corny. Nobody wants you. You know, maybe if you were this way or maybe if you did things that way or you just don't have it, you're just not it. It's still so many people around me who believe that. But I feel and I I can kind of sense God walking me right up to my win. The biggest win of my entire life. And Satan, I saw a post recently that said, when Satan starts to become obvious and bold, you start to believe that you're losing. But no, that's precisely when you're winning. Satan has never been so bold and obvious in my entire life. He has people telling me right to my face all that they've done to destroy my destiny and my future. Where does that happen? What does that mean? Well, that means they can't do it and they're not being able to. And God has told me on so many different occasions as I just complained and cried out to him. I said to God, God, why is this happening to me? Why, why am I suffering so much? I don't deserve this. Do I deserve this? You know, what am I, what am I doing wrong? What have I done so wrong to deserve this? And God has said to me on so many different occasions, don't you understand that everything is working out for you? They're not, this is not an indication that you've lost, but that you've won. This is a accomplishment. They're being, they're not going to be able to, you know, do all the things that they intended to do for to you. They're not getting away with all that they are trying to do. They're not even hurting you on the level that they wish to. They're not accomplishing anything. 
they're losing. It's not working out for them and they're realizing it. This is a blessing. This is something to embrace. It doesn't feel that way. It feels like, why does other people wins look and feel differently then? What is what is it up with my what's up with mine? But I trust God because it's all part of the process. I'm confident in him. I'm not worried about that anymore. And it's amazing to say anymore because at first, how could I be worried about it when I wasn't even aware of it? Now I'm aware of it. I should be worried, right? I'm not worried. God is so intentional because he'll reveal all the things you never knew was going on, but he'll also reveal how in control he's been of it the whole time. So it's like, yes, you know that all these things have come against you, and now would be the perfect time to panic, so you would think. But no, now is the perfect time for him to reveal the entire time that he has you, he got you. You don't need anyone but him. Everything's going to work out for you. No one will succeed in their plans to destroy you. And now will be the perfect time to start working on forgiveness and wanting the best for them regardless of what they want for you. Because what you shouldn't do in this moment or in this time is give them the satisfaction of feeling that they have made you bitter or miserable about their actions taken against you. Start loving them regardless. Start focusing on what's important and ignoring things that don't matter. Start taking confidence in what does, figuring out what does, staying true to what does matter, blocking out all distractions forever because that's the only way you reside in peace. To, And it's not even about ignoring. You don't ignore, you rise above. So God has shown me how to rise above because how am I ignoring something that never even reaches my doorstep? I didn't have to ignore you. I never heard you. You never showed. But you tried. You did everything you possibly could to get to me and it never got to me. So I'm noticing that too. Like throughout this process, I'm still, you know, feeling as if I'm having conversations or maybe people are having conversations with me. Like I'm dealing with so many different things on so many different levels. And oftentimes people are like, you didn't even hear that. You couldn't even hear it. And I'm like, why can't I hear anything? Why can't I see anything? How come everybody can see and hear and do and I can't? And I'm just ignoring, not even ignoring, but missing the fact that that is protection and redirection. You never heard it? Good. You are supposed to. If you never heard it, if it never reached you, if you never were involved, if you never were present, it's because you weren't meant to be. And there's no telling what you avoided. Or were protected from because you weren't there. Because you weren't involved. 
You have no idea. No idea what you're being protected from. And God said that to me. 2020, he said, you have no idea what I'm protecting you from. And he said it angrily. Because I said to God, God, why are things getting harder when I'm trying harder? So, a few things have been introduced recently. The baby being one of them. Then I saw this, like, girl, and she was saying, like, she was gay or something like that of that nature. But I was like, that doesn't matter to me. I'm not, you know. None of that matters because, you know... I know where I'm headed and not in that direction. And then I'm hearing the conversations about it. But I'm just like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not worried about it, you know. I'll be okay. And what I realized was they were so desperate for a reaction from me. They knew that, I I believe that a lot of times... They're trying to believe, they're trying to get people to believe that they have the ability to do certain things, that they don't even have access. And when they don't even have access to me, I'm seeing bits and pieces of conversations and information. And I'm just like, how much does that matter? Because I don't have the context. And what I'm realizing is, you know, They're setting things up that they're not, you know, capable of pulling through. They're not ever going to be able to. It's not ever going to be able to get to me. I'm so protected by angels. I'm so protected by Jesus. I'm so protected by God. I have nothing to fear. But these conversations that they're having. It shows the wicked devices of their hearts. They would wish that they could, you know, see some of these things come to pass for me. As if all that they're doing is not enough. It it shows how unhappy a lot of people really are. You know, and the things that they really lack despite all that they think that they have. So many people want to convince you, I have everything. You have nothing. I'm winning or losing. You know, I am, you know, this and you're not. I'm that, you're not. And why should they have to convince you that? They're not trying to convince the people who believe it. So, I'm seeing that, you know. I may not feel like I'm accepted into a lot of conversations or a lot of situations or circumstances but maybe I'm not accepted or invited because it has never been the crowd for me it has never been the environment that I belong in I don't fit there I'm not missing out on anything one thing that God definitely made clear when you decide to be the woman that I have You know, when you decide to be the woman that I have set out for you to be, the only way that
that you won't be 100% accomplished in that is if you are still focused or feeling as if you're missing out on something. You have to be 100% decided on it. You have to want it. You know, I believe in you. I believe that you will want this, that this is something that you will want forever. I believe that this would be a wonderful place for you forever. That you'll be happy, accomplished, and everything you want to be. You won't feel this if you're missing out on anything. And so, I know it's standing me, but he wants me to believe, like, A lot of times when you're believing that people don't know what they're missing out on or that people aren't doing what they want to do or they're not happy in the area that they're in or they're not, you know, winning, you're wrong. This is what they want. They are, you know, winning. They have everything that they want and you're missing out. You're the one that's missing out. And he would want me to believe that, you know, I think a big, a big sign of that is like all this time, everybody said, you're lame, you're corny, you're not invited, you're not popular, nobody wants you and nobody cares about you and nobody's afraid of you. And then it's being exposed that so many people went behind my back and made deals with Satan in order to destroy me. See, I never did. I would never even think of doing something like that to you. I would never want that for you. Why would you have to go out of your way to see somebody have something that you feel that they're headed in that direction anyways? If I'm truly not anything to you or never going to win, I don't intimidate you in no way necessary then you keep your hands off of it because you'd probably be confident that I go that direction whether you touch something or not, whether you had anything to do with it or not. But this goes along with, you know, that realization that they're not doing exactly what they want to do, even though you know that they're not. You're a slave to sin. You're not happy. And... If we're having a conversation about all those different things that you feel like is winning, then you won. But unless we're having a conversation about that, you know, it's not much to talk about with you. You must not you might not have much else. But if you did have it, you don't appreciate it as it should be appreciated. And so we're in two different lanes. But As I said, it's amazing how people who believe that they are so far ahead or above you and they have so much more than you will fight so hard to get you to realize or see that or have, you know, jealousy in your heart about it. As I said, Satan has never been so bold. People are saying to me, I don't care. I want you to be jealous of me. I know you're jealous of me. Others are saying, I know you're scared of me. I want you to be scared of me. Things are being exposed that people have really went to Satan in order to get a deal that I be scared of them, that I be afraid of them. 
Like, this stuff makes me want to cry. Like, why would that be what you wanted? Why do you need me afraid of you? What does that do for you? You know, I think, logically, I would think, okay, maybe if someone had everything... And you need it for them to be afraid of you so that you could take everything from them. That makes sense. But that would be an admission that I have everything to you. That's what it is. You can't take that. And such a blessing God is to be catching these things, to be preventing these things, to be more powerful always perfect in all his judgments because how are you going to torture me because I want the best for you how can you torture me because I want you to know the love of Christ how can you torture me because I want you to be for I want to forgive you I want you to be forgiven and I want you to forgive yourself for all of the different things that you have done to me and all the different things that you are willing to do to me like I don't want anybody bitter or miserable or unhappy jealous any of those things you know I want you to have peace joy patience happiness and God everything but you know crisis overcome so that we can He's overcome this world so that we can. Satan offered him the world. He turned it down. I don't need the world. I need God. As long as I have him, I have everything. But it still would never cease to amaze me. There's so many different people around me who devise wicked things in their heart. They look at me and they say, I have to destroy anything you would ever think about having. I have to destroy any happiness that you would otherwise ever want to get your hands on. I have to destroy any chance that you have ever in anything. Love, happiness, peace, forgiveness. I have to destroy that. Why? Why? What does that do for you? But that's also an admission that they don't have it. They don't believe that they can. And so this is why God says don't feel bad for you. Feel bad for them. This is why God says forgive instead. This is why God says love them. Love your enemies. This is why God says to wish the best for everybody always, no matter what they do to you. This is why he's protecting you from the things that money cannot buy. Fulfillment unfulfillment he's protecting you from unfulfillment he's giving you fulfillment he's protecting you from bitter misery unhappiness and no peace you cannot buy these things with all the money in the world he's providing things money cannot buy and you have to do the work to have so i'm so glad that i have him And, yes, I'm still battling things inside of myself that have to 
understand fully, you know, how much of a blessing and how abundant I will one day be and I'm headed towards being and what I'm not missing out on. (sighs) You know, I was younger and older people used to say to me, don't be like me. You don't want to be bitter or miserable or unhappy. Go a different direction. You know, don't try and fit in. Be yourself. You know, always trust God. Know who God is. Pray. Older people used to tell me this stuff. I used to go through these different things. And... You know, it's amazing to see, you know, these different things. Like, how people used to say, in 20, 30 years, these type of individuals that act this way towards you, that treat you this way, that do these different things to you, they are going to be so unhappy and, you know, run down because of their actions. Stay true to who you are. You're going to win. And now, right now, what I'm focused on is not being like them. In 20, 30 years of my life, I want to have been accomplished. I want to be happy. I don't want to be looking back like the glory days. I want to still be living my glory days. And I still, and I want to be so happy that I'm not so focused on somebody else's unhappiness. This is how you really win in life. And I'm really starting to see this on such a level I would have never seen in high school or years ago. I'm only 24 years old. I'll be 25 this year. And I used to think that 24 and 25 is the years that you're supposed to be in and out the club with all the kind of guys that got the money you know, flashing, looking flashy, looking good, you know, out partying, being one of the it girls, having all the men chasing after you. I used to really believe this was what my 25 would look like if I was doing my best, if I was actually accomplished or successful. My 25 is looking like praying every day, staying in my Bible, you know, getting closer to God and breaking strongholds off of my life, generational curses off of my family. I can't argue with nobody. I can't fight you. I don't even have time to be negative. I can't do none of that. And it's supposed to be torture. But it's real freedom. I'm so blessed. But thank you, God, because I want this for everybody. This is a major block.